Hey guys, what's up? It's Robin Vote from the Brick City Blockade Star Wars Podcast. And sitting across from me is the man from the other side of the pond, Mr. Scott Inch. Scott, how is everything going, my friend? Not bad, not bad. It's been <laughs> I know, it's a late night over there, you guys, we're just across the pond, you know, you uh, you guys experience a later night than us, I guess you could say. But, uh, Scott, I know that you and I have been chatting for some time here. There's so much going on in the Star Wars universe right now. It is quite amazing, I mean, with Rogue One coming out. So one of the first things I want to talk to you about is your initial reactions to Rogue One, and I know there's a little piece, maybe at the beginning of this movie, that maybe kind of threw some Star Wars fans off. I know we had heard about it, but I'd like to get your insight, really, into what's been going on with Rogue One. I loved it. I saw it on the opening night, midnight, because we don't do, like, you guys have in America, where you have, like, the 10 o'clock show and the 10 o'clock to 12, so we get it at, like, 12 o'clock at night, and we get it, obviously, a day earlier than you guys, so... Carry up that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we got a great start, um, two hours, and I loved that. I absolutely loved that. The only thing I didn't like was the opening. I thought the movie needed an opening crawl. This movie needed it. Um, I think one of the guys I was with, my mate Ross, he, um, his, he went to see his girlfriend a few weeks later, and she was like, So is this after the last one, episode seven? And he was like, No. <laughs> so this movie needed an opening crawl. This movie needed an opening crawl. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's just so. There was. It, there was something missing. I totally agree with you when it when it comes to there not being an opening crawl. It was just we're so used to to our Star Wars movies opening with something, you know, that that famous big Star Wars crawl and then just some breakdown of what's going on and stuff. And it's just I, I just want to get your quick insight really. What did you think about the introduction? You know, of course we see Saw Gerrera standing on top of whatever Jin Erso was inside of as a child. I don't know what you want to call that. It's some kind of little cave or just your that that transition then into that big crawl text that said Rogue One. I, I don't know. It felt a little weird to me. But what do you think? If you read Catalyst, because you knew because if you read the Catalyst, tells you what this planet was where they were heading to. So. I knew, I knew that that was that planet because I'd been described in Catalyst. Um, then to jump from light to light, it's like, right, I knew this character from Catalyst. From that logo is awful. I knew like, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. That logo was just awful, awful, oh, awful. Yeah, I no. hate that logo. Oh, I, I, know, I think you and I are both uh, big Collider fans. We watch a lot of what we see on Collider Movie Talk and Collider Jedi Council and everything. And I think, I think, I believe it was uh, Christian Harloff and Mark Ellis. It's so funny just to see their breakdown. I mean, I think they're saying pretty much what you and I are saying, Scott, and especially you, uh, that the logo looked like it was completely photoshopped and just completely thrown into some really poorly done background. I mean, and it was just not what we expect as Star Wars fans. You know, when we get a product, I understand it's a spin-off film and everything, and I think you bring up a good point that... If you've read Catalyst and you understand this universe, obviously going into this film, there's a certain amount of Rogue One that we learn just from Catalyst. And just to have read that book and then see that opening crawl, I don't know. It, it threw me off a little bit, and I, and I can see your point when it comes to that. Yeah, I, loved, I absolutely loved it. I was never into it. The whole, don't really, really uh, connect to each other. I was with it. It just didn't interconnect at all. Um, it kind of reminded me of Rafa Khan. Uh, Khan never interacted at all. That was the whole movie. You just, I'm sure it was just one surprise, and they were both connected, like, talking through the V-screen. You never had that. That's what yeah. I was ever had 
<laughs> yeah, no, I it, it's so true. I mean, there's just, you know, and I guess like you like you brought up Scott, there's there's just so much that we've seen also in other films where it's like I don't know, maybe they could have learned from that in some ways like not to do opening crawls and to project this film the way that it was. Um but I mean, overall, I think we have to look. Yeah, is the crawl text a small piece? Yeah, I mean, as Star Wars fans, we're going to be nitpicky about certain things, of course. It's the universe that we love and we thrive on this and we talk about it all the time. Just something I want to talk with you quickly about, Scott, when it comes to Rogue One and everything, being somebody who is who has also read Catalyst and is who loves to just break down the film piece by piece, see how Catalyst really connected to it, I really want to get your thoughts on character development in the film itself. Do you feel that developed these characters enough? I mean, being somebody who read, you know, we got a pretty clear idea about what the book showed us and everything, but I just want to get your insight into character development in the film. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. See, and this is after seeing it multiple times. Oh, my goodness. I've seen it four times. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're in the same boat. Four times. I mean, you want to talk about the fan service film that Star Wars fans have been waiting for. I, I totally... I totally think that Rogue One was definitely that. It was it was the fan service film that we've been waiting for. And, and you bring up a great point, and I think Star Wars fans have to put this in perspective, is that, yeah, you know, we can crap on the prequels all we want, and we can, we can say the things that we want about them. But I think the beauty of the prequels is that there are certain elements of them that we really do enjoy. I mean, we love seeing Obi-Wan, and obviously we even got a little bit... I don't even want to say spoilers on this, but, you know, <laughs> we even got a little bit of a teaser in to possibly Bill Organa knowing something about a Jedi that's been in hiding, but... See, some people thought that was Ahsoka. Ah. He read the Ahsoka, so... Mm. See, it all connected, but he... Um, everybody thought it was Ahsoka, but obviously it was Obi-Wan, because Mom Mothra's talking about a Jedi. I don't think she... I can't think of ever counting Ahsoka in, in Gomorrah. I can't remember that, but I'm no. positive she it was... It was definitely about Obi-Wan. 
No, that's a good, that's a really good point. You know, that there are definitely are Star Wars fans. Uh, and actually, I was sitting next, of course, to my uh, podcast co-host, uh, Sean Michaud. And the entire time, you know, I, I think that there were certain moments where, as a Star Wars fan in Rogue One, I mean, we were blown away by the references they made or the things that we saw on screen. I know, Scott, you're probably somebody who also follows the uh, TV show Star Wars Rebels, I believe. There, there, Of course, there are little, little hints in Rogue One to some of our favorite Star Wars Rebels characters. Of course, uh, paging General Syndulla. General Syndulla. I mean, you want to talk about a great reference. Um, just maybe I, your thoughts on that. I never got that first time round. I didn't get it. It wasn't until I saw it a second time. Um, the first time we were mate, we didn't really click on it. And then we heard online that a week later later that it had been mentioned. I was with my nephew. Who, that was his first Star Wars movie in the cinema. Wow, great experience. Yeah, the greatest we used to see Vader on screen. I heard it at that time and then third time I managed to see the ghost and chopper. I, I'm sure there was I don't think there was any other references to Rebels. I think that was the only three. It was the ghost, chopper and Sindula, General Sindula, Hera and there was nobody else I could think of that was referenced in that movie. It, it, but, it, I mean, you want to talk about some great references, too. I mean, just to include... I mean, yeah, I totally agree. I didn't pick up on the Syndulla thing right away. It took me, like, until the, the second viewing to really get an idea of, wow, you know, we're heading into the second half of Star Wars Rebels and everything. And, of course, we see that Saw Gerrera is going to be part of the next half of the season. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, too. Yeah, because he's been told, he's been told by Mamathe he's an extremist, so I'm... I'm definitely ready to see how that goes. I'm guessing it's going to be a genesis. Two-parter this Saturday coming. Um, That's right. And I'm 100% that he will be on genesis. I can't wait to see this episode. With Rebels, uh, with Rogue One just been out, and this time is right into it. Uh, to come back with Rebels and it's going to be about Genosis and again ties into Catalyst if you've read Catalyst Genosis was involved in the construction of the Death Star so yeah. just so much and also to see different parts of Coruscant well not see it but you can read about different parts that we hadn't we all thought it was just a, a city plan mm. it's not it's a got an area that we don't even know about um, there's some great references to Catalyst and every other part of the canon and there's more coming shortly and Great point. I think um, in terms of, in, in Rogue One did such a good job, I, I think, and tying back into the canonized universe of Star Wars, I, I, and I still, it amazes me that we are living in a universe now where we can have Star Wars canon content in our hands 24-7 whenever we want and read it whenever we want. It's just amazing. I mean, I'm quite lucky enough that I work in a bookshop <laughs> to actually get these things quite early. Um, I mean, I got Dark Disciple very early, uh, before it was even out on the sh shelves. I pre-ordered it for myself, came in, and we never had that back in for no. Wow. Uh, I mean, I put on the Jedi, I have already. Um, <laughs> uh, there's just so much content coming out at all the time. Also got the comments coming out. Uh, I've just read the latest one from Star Wars with Yoda returning. You read it in my head. I'm not going to spoil it. It's just, it's not going back to that either. Yeah. Which we have never been in this, this universe here. Uh, you can't really kind of the public. Like, this is the first time uh, Star Wars issue 28 we are actually going back before episode 1 events are taking place. So that's, that's, that's brilliant. But actually, this is the first time they step outside the bubble. The There's so much, Scott. I, and 
again, I'm going to go right back to just the development of Darth Maul himself and everything. I think, you know, now that we're getting like a comic book that's centering around Maul and everything, I think that's wonderful. And just the progression of a character that Star Wars fans felt really got gypped in, in Phantom Menace, and we really didn't get enough backstory about him until later on when fans really started digging into it. Uh, so I'd just like to know really your thoughts, Scott, on Maul's progression here for fans and everything. Um, it's been really, really strange to see Maul because you thought, oh, he won't be back, he won't be back. That's it. I mean, I know with Legends, he's, he's made the appearance, but I think that was after Darth Plagueis made the appearance in that. Um, but when he came back in Clone Wars season four, Final two three episodes. Um, he was kind of before that, though. A couple of months, a couple of episodes before that, he was coming back, and he's so bench on getting Obi Wan. Obi Wan, that's who he's after. It's like that's great, and he had that competition with Obi Wan and that. But I want to know what he did during between the end of the Clone Wars after Son of Dathomir, a four part comic. Uh, I want to know what happened after that to how he ended up on the planet at the end of uh, Twilight the Apprentice I want to know how he ended up uh-huh. there that's what I want to know but his progression has been fantastic and Sam Whitworth has done a great job a fantastic job I know he played a terrible doomsday but that's a different story <laughs> yeah no I totally I'm not going to that discussion but it's so small <laughs> Well, we'll, I'll remember that, Scott, and we'll get back to you on that discussion. If you were to choose one specific piece of canon content, whether it's a book, comic, which one would you choose for a Star Wars fan to read first? Well, Star Wars, you do want to see how it's just a great book. It ties in so well to episodes four, five, six, and even to say after such a curious policy comparison and plays about what happened on Jakku and how the Empire were there. Obviously, it will get detail in my Someone else who didn't brain right now, just that thing, exactly that, world watch and everything else, and being at work, it's just a great book. I recommend to anybody, if you want to read that, want to the first canon book that, it's a team book that it's not too difficult to read. Um, pick that up first, and then after that, I would go with so many of them. Bloodlight, Bloodlight or Lords of the Sith. Mm. If you want a good Vader Emperor storyline, Lords of the Sith. Especially that last chat, last few pages with Vader. I'm not going to spoil it. Vader, just like, this is a Vader. We need to see more of. So yeah, that's what I would do. Lost Stars. Vader's even in Lost Stars. Not much, but he's also a great love story as well. But I'm, I won't go into the <laughs> No, I, I, I am a huge, huge fan. Like some people say, because Princess Leia shows up, and this is actually, I've heard a few theories about this, mm. She had that's just a wee time to go one. 
to be honest with you, Scott, I think of all the guests that we've had on the podcast and, you know, people that I've had a Star Wars discussion with, that is one of the most insightful things I've heard connecting canon content to a movie that literally comes out a full year later. That's actually really interesting. And, and I think, you know, you bring up a really good point that I actually want to talk about here. If that's the case, if in Lost Stars... Maybe Claudia Gray knew something about this, and she w and she wanted to really kind of make it like our first little insight into what could possibly happen in Rogue One, and possibly what, you know, of course, what came next in Catalyst. But I think you bring up a great point, because if we think about Leia being at the ball and everything, I mean, how fascinating would it be if, like, literally, like, seconds later in that scene, she gets the call from Bail Organa saying, hey, listen, you and Admiral Raddus have to get going, you guys gotta head out to Scarif. <laughs> She did leave very quickly in that way. There's been nowhere else in her head. That's how I need to go back and read it at some point. Uh, but yeah, I do believe she did leave very, very quickly. But then the, the character was mostly focused on the other two characters, the main characters, previously a wee bit. But that would have been a great time if she did get that call and went, uh, come, on, come on, my dear, let's get this shit. <laughs> let's go get these plans. Uh, yeah. I would love that was true. If that did happen. You don't know because canon can be timey wimey kind of stuff. I'm not going to talk to you, but uh, you don't know. Like, I'm sure they'll fit that. Who knows in this day and age? Yeah, I, how cool would it be, Scott, if we saw something play out in terms of Lost Stars as either a Netflix series or a TV series or even just a small film from Star Wars? I know that they're expanding into spin-off films and, of course, we have our trilogy. Like a very, just very indie-feeling film with Lost Stars in it. I don't know about Manchester to see. I'm going to see that next week. It's Monday. Um, I would, I would hope that but we do get something like that. Um, I, I would like, to, I know they've been, hard Law's been, Banging on about uh, old Republic kind of store like series on Netflix. Could they do it on the budget of Netflix? Who knows? Um, they've done great stuff with the Marvel stuff and some of their own shows, but a show similar to Lost Stars, I think that could work as long as it's on CW. <laughs> it's that, it goes that bad. Uh, as much Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl. I just don't want something like that. Um, to me, that kind of show could work on. I think you guys have a HBO. Yeah, we have HBO. Yeah, not that violent HBO. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Cut his head. Yeah, I know. We've had a couple of, uh, this past season with Star Wars Rebels, I know we've had a couple of really kids-like episodes, and we just kind of were like, oh, wait a second, you know, the Ugnaughts and everything, and the uh, Space Whales. I mean, I did like that episode, don't get me wrong. I love Space Whales. I think they're they're an interesting concept and everything, but, um... Two episodes of season three, uh, and when he showed up, like everybody was cheering, but I 
I was getting like, oh, here we go again. I don't want another. I don't want another bad episode. I don't want another bad episode. It turned out to be a great episode, but it's just uh, yeah, he handled this kind of annoying quite right, right, right now a lot. I just feel he, he, he's quite good to come in for the comedy relief before we get into those dark episodes. But I just kind of feel like maybe one episode, not two series. Yeah, I mean, I got the car went hot toy bag with Star Wars celebration, and I saw yeah. it. I was like, I'm buying that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a no brainer. <laughs> I had to buy it saved, um, and that, that was about 185 pounds. I've got a few hot toys, especially from Batman. It's Superman, God of Justice. I know that's a very key, uh, a big, capacious uh, movie between fans and critics, but right. those hot toys so, so nice. They're so detailed, and I recommend anybody if you. Want to get some really nice, just one. Uh, it's amazing. I never thought when we were going to be reintroduced to the Star Wars universe and everything in Force Awakens, this monster, I guess you could call it, it has exploded the way it has. And we see it in merchandise, we see it in everything. Uh, just, it, It's just simply amazing. Yeah, it's amazing how you get And coming out of 2016, I think we're glad that that's behind us. And now we're moving into 2017, and we have another Star Wars film coming up, too. Yeah. I still cannot wait for today. Um, I'm expecting quite a bit from. Uh, they didn't say too much celebration this year. Um, it was very. It was more about. Uh, there was really a bit of Rogue One because of the Rogue One on the Friday, but it was more about Han Solo um, when uh, Alden Ehrenreich came out. Mm. And um, they brought on Ryan Johnston to discuss episode 8 and said, uh, What I'd like, and this is the first time this has ever happened in Star Wars, is we were getting better. The end of episode 7 is picking straight up in episode 8, so we're not getting that time gap. Mm. And I don't know how long it's going to work for that. We've <laughs> 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 just been seeing the same words, and now it begins, or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, no, that that's that's a really, really good point. Uh, I can't wait to see. Like, I knew with Rogue One, of course, we weren't going to get a crawl tail. Uh, crawl tail. That, that's what we're calling it now, I guess. A crawl text with uh, everything that's been going on. We, I think we expected that, and we saw it come out in reports that it wasn't going to happen. We weren't going to get it. But I think the, the thing that's fascinating me even more, and you brought it up, is that we are moving straight from episode 7 to episode 8 when episode 8 opens up and everything. And I'm going to be so fascinated to see that crawl text. Because there's, again, like you said, there's going to be such a small amount of time that passes by in between there. I mean, what what is it going to say? Star Wars, whatever the title of it is, and then it's going to say, here we go? I mean, it's it's going to be amazing. It's just going to be weird. I mean, I'm, we'll probably have, like, a paragraph about Finn and Resistance, a paragraph mm. about the First Order and Carol then, and maybe a paragraph about, well, Ray was able to find Luke Skywalker and begin to her Jedi training, something like that. Who knows? Mm. Uh, it's going to be a weird time to write that. I'm looking forward to it. We're, what, 12 months away now for this <laughs> Star Wars movie? <laughs> and it's been cut over Star Wars cinema. Um, so it's, it, we've still got a lot to get through. I mean, we've got Star Wars Celebration April in Orlando, and we're going to get more information there. Um, Hopefully a trailer of mm. Luke Skywalker will speak instead of just staring intensely to the camera. <laughs> uh, we've got more books coming out. We've got Rebel Season 4. And we'll, I'm assuming we'll get more announcements about Han Solo as well. And Han Solo starts filming, I'm guessing, February, March. 
Yeah, that, that that's yeah February. I think they said late February. Um, Lord and Miller yeah. said that they were going to start filming that, so that's that's right around the corner too. It's and I, I one of the things I wanted to bring up, Scott, before we end our little uh, interview chat here, when it comes to the upcoming Han Solo film, the Brick City Blockade, and some other news report outlets, including Making Star Wars, were talking about and had seen reports of possibly the Han Solo anthology film moving from May to December. What are your thoughts on that? Because obviously it sounds like Star Wars is locking in December as their month. It's a no-brainer. Uh, I, mean, I mean, how many movies have made this much money in December? Mm. Uh, the last, other than Force Awakens, it was Lord of the Rings, and Force Awakens just pretty much destroyed everything in December. Uh, and you can see the Rogue One's doing the very same thing. Not, it's not to Force Awakens numbers, but it's just destroying everything as well. Um, nobody else is going to... Nobody will even touch December if Star Wars is there. They'll realise, uh oh, we're not going anywhere near that. Um, it's a wise move, and also, you, you do notice that comic book movies are now taking over the summer months. So, you, I mean, I, I can't, don't know what's starting next year. Or, yeah, Han Solo was trying to come out in 2018, year. yeah. I can't remember what's that. Avengers is out at that time. Yep. So, <laughs> that's going to be a hybrid movie. <laughs> they're all under one house now, Disney. <laughs> But this is going to go, nope, we'll leave that there, we'll move that there. <laughs> yeah, it's... So it's, 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 it's wise, and they'll definitely take it to. I think every Star Wars movie from here onwards will be in December. And if you start going to a year, maybe move it back to me, maybe go somewhere to crush with the common movies and other stuff, and yeah. especially transporter movies, but we're not going into that discussion either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, last night. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that yet. But, Scott, you and I will have a big t- movie talk at some point in terms of some of these other films, too, because I know as well, and it's it, it's amazing. Just the cinematic world, I mean, if we do end up moving to two Star Wars movies a year, just watch out every other studio, because, I mean, you want to talk about... I mean, in December, it's making that much money. You're talking about summertime here in the United States. People are on break and everything. Kids are out of school and everything. I mean, it's it, it'll be absolutely fascinating to see, I mean, if we do end up moving into that, how much money these films could make. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about, I didn't want to guess how much money these movies are going to make. I mean, we're definitely on three, but Star Wars could be three billion just for these first two movies alone, Rogue One and Force Awakens. They keep chugging out movies these much, they could be 10 billion. Because mm. we'll definitely yeah, have a big retirement fund there. Uh, <laughs> it'll be a million, 15 billion if they keep doing these kind of babies and uh, do them really well and don't be rubbish. And we don't want to go to the Star Wars holiday program just for a reason. We'll not talk about the holiday special or life day or something like that right now. Uh, we if we don't get anything like that, I think we're in pretty good hands at the moment. And if we get the good writers, that's the, that's the key to it. Good writers who yep. know what they're doing. Quite right, Star Wars. No writers who do write crap like um, what's that one? That canon one with Skywalker, Heir to the Jedi. Or something. Oh yeah, that one. That, that, that's that's awful. So hopefully nothing <laughs> like that. Good yeah, we're at a really good point as Star Wars fans. There's so much coming out. There's so much to look forward to. Rogue One has really, I don't want to say extended, but it has really boosted this franchise yet to another level. We're going into an, another year of yet more Star Wars content and everything, Scott, and it's so awesome to see. Of course, from the other side of the pond and everything that Star Wars fans 
here and on the other side are getting together. We're talking about it as a Star Wars community, as a worldwide Star Wars community. God, it's it's been a really awesome time talking Star Wars with you here on this Brook City Blockade Star Wars interview. Uh, do, I don't I don't know necessarily if you have a lot of social media outreach places that people can go and find you on social media. Maybe just on Facebook, on Facebook at Scott Inch, and just get me there. Uh, I don't really post quite a lot because I'm too busy working. <laughs> so just you just find me there. I don't really use a lot of social media at the moment. So just cash with Scott Inch been so awesome talking with you scott um from the brick city blockade star wars podcast we're welcoming him onto the brick city blockade podcast team here in the united states as our european insight i guess you could say i don't know that sounds a little too foreign maybe we'll have to come up with another name for that but it's, it's, Sounds like a plan, Scott. Hey, it's been awesome talking Star Wars with you. We'll be talking soon. Definitely.